Good morning, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Pastor Andrew, and uh, really great to be with you today uh, through video. Uh, of course, all of us would love to be able to be able to to worship in person and 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 uh, join together live in our worship. But right now, for the next three Sundays. We are in level three in the province of New Brunswick, and that means that we're not able to gather in, uh, in live groups. And so uh, thank you for choosing to engage with us in worship and choosing to start off our, our year in 2020, um, just pressing into the Lord. Um, as you may have heard, Pam and I have both uh, been... Uh, tested positive for COVID. Pam's uh, kind of coming out the other end of it. And uh, I just tested positive on Friday morning. And so I'm still in isolation. And so I'm coming to you from our our house. Thank you for those of you who've been praying for us. Uh, for both of us, uh, COVID has been um, just a, a really, you know, bad cold and uh, and we're doing okay. So I appreciate your prayers. If you've uh, if you've missed the communication that we've been sending out over the last couple of weeks, um, we were expecting uh, to start emotionally healthy spirituality uh, this Sunday. We've been saying that for over a month now, and uh, planning towards that and and prepping for that um, with the. Uh, you know, the, the challenges that we've had uh, being able to gather in, in connect groups and so on. We've bumped that for two weeks to start January 30th. Um, part of that has been the, the inability for us to gather in connect groups because we want to get the most out of this content, out of this material. It's really blessed my heart uh, to see that many of you have been engaging with this Many of you have ordered the books or the workbooks or both um, and are, are excited. We've just heard lots of excitement and feedback that, uh, that you're excited to be a part of this uh, journey together as we grow and learn together in emotionally healthy spirituality. What we're going to do is uh, no matter what level we're at, no matter what's going on January 30th, we are going to move ahead with starting Emotionally Healthy Spirituality on, on Sunday, January 30th. And that means that, that we might, be, might need to help prepare our connect groups to be able to meet together digitally, to meet together online. Um, we really hope that you can work with us on that. We want to, to move ahead with this and we want to get the most out of it. So uh, we're gonna be supporting you and helping you to do that. And uh, we're just excited about all of this. Uh, you know, if we've learned anything over the last couple of years, we've learned to be nimble. We've learned to roll with what's going on, you know, do what we have to do. And, uh, and that's true this year as well. You know, God, I believe totally with all my heart, God is on the move in 2022 and uh, and none of this, you know, pandemics or or health restrictions or any of those things can stop what God wants to do. So so let's be nimble. Let's work with it. Uh, I want to encourage you 
you know, get on the phone, find somebody to encourage. God wants to use you this week, this year to be a blessing, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're facing. So get on the phone, get on, um, you know, get on FaceTime, get on Messenger video, whatever you can do, whatever, whatever you have at your disposal, use it to be a blessing in someone's life. Encourage someone, um, pray with someone, uh, share the gospel with someone in any way, any form that God gives you the opportunity to do. Let's not put our uh, callings and purposes on the shelf and say, well, here's another year of just you know, just surviving. Let's not just survive, but let's move forward uh, and see what God has in store for us to do. Uh, having said that, week of prayer is scheduled to start today, and we're going to move forward with that. We're going to move ahead with that, but we're going to need to do it, obviously, online. We're going to need to do it in a different way. So we ask you to be praying at home. We ask you to uh, to join with us and, and walk with us in prayer through this week. We're going to be providing opportunities for you to be encouraged in doing that. Um, we're going to, at, at uh, each day, Monday to Friday, at 9 and at noon, we are going to provide uh, Facebook Live encouragement. So get on Facebook and, and follow us uh, with just short encouragements for the nine o'clock hour and the 12 o'clock hour, just, just a short encouragement. And then you can go ahead and pray on your own, uh, during those time, time slots. And then at 7 PM, each of those days, we're going to be coming together in zoom to pray together online. And, uh, and so information is going to be pushed out every day. There's going to be information on how you can engage with us in prayer, what our theme for the day is. We're going to have a devotional for the day and uh, and what the instructions are and how you can best engage with us in prayer in the Zoom meeting that evening. Uh, we encourage you to send prayer requests. If you've got requests for healing, requests for prayer for family members, requests for prayer for, um, you know, unsaved loved ones, uh really anything that you want your brothers and sisters to be to be agreeing with you in prayer for we want you to get those into us you can email them to us at prayer at evangelbathurst.ca prayer at evangelbathurst.ca you can send us any requests and we'll be putting those requests in as the document builds, we're going to be putting those in a prayer request document and sending that out each day with our with our prayer emails, and uh, and and we will be joining together to pray for those needs as we do so. Um, if you don't get our EB update and you want to be part of that, you want to be getting those prayer things. Make sure that you get to our website evangelbathurst.ca and sign up for our EB update. If you've done that and you're not getting the EB update, then you need to check your junk mail. Some of you have been uh, realized that you're, you've been getting it all along, but it's been in your junk mail. Please, please check on that. So, uh, you know, since we're starting a week of prayer, uh, I wanted to spend some time to get today 
as I share a message with you, talking about what prayer is and what prayer isn't. And uh, we're going to be doing some myth-busting on prayer today. Some myth-busting. So some things that I, I think we have sometimes believed about prayer in our lives that are not true, but they've caused us to be intimidated in experiencing God in prayer and growing in prayer. So here we go. Myth number one, prayer is about getting what I want. Myth number one, prayer is about getting what I want. Uh, one of the reasons prayer doesn't work sometimes in our lives is that we've made it me-centered instead of God-centered. We've made it about me. We can sometimes, uh, you know, we picture prayer like it's a, a you know, a, a wish list for Santa Claus. Or it's, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking to rub a, a lamp and hope a genie comes out and gives us three wishes so that we can get what we want. Um, the only time some people pray is when they want something, right? Um, and, and that's not healthy and that's not good. Uh, and I've he often heard of people trying to bargain with God, right? Um, you know, God, if you'll do this, if you'll just do this one thing, then I promise you I'll go to church for a whole year. Or I promise you, you know, I'll do this or I'll do that. Uh, public service announcement right here. I don't think I would try to blackmail God if I were you. It's not going to be helpful or healthy or safe um, to try and blackmail God. In James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, James writes, You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You see, uh, I'm not saying that we shouldn't ask God for something that we need or, or even want. Um, I'm not saying that we shouldn't ask God. Um, but it, if that's all that we talk to God about is our needs or our wants, um, then that's a real problem, right? Uh, when, when we ask God, we should, we should ask him with a heart of submission, a heart uh, of submitting to his purpose and his will. What does he want for my life? He knows what is best for me. And, uh, and he knows what he can trust me with. And if he says no or wait, then I really need to be okay with that because God knows best. Prayer is not primarily about getting anything. It is first and foremost about knowing God, about being in a relationship with him. If your only communication with you know, uh, with your parent or with your child or with your friend is, is when you want something from them, that would get old really fast and the relationship would be really harmed and stilted by that, right? Um, the giving that, that our parent or friend or child would do in our lives to give us something 
uh, would mean even more if it comes out of a, a rich relationship where we know and love and trust each other. And the same is true of God. Um, when he, what he wants for you more than anything is that you would know him and be connected to him. And that's actually what he made you for, is to know him and walk in relationship and connection with him. Uh, when that happens, your requests will be more in line with his heart and your prayers will be more effective and more likely to be answered because, you know, your, your heart will be in line with him. Myth number two, prayer is about saying the right words. There's a, there's a movement out there that says and suggests that if we just say the things the right way, if we just pray the right words and say things the right way, God has to do what we pray because he has to honor his promises. So if you word your prayer just right, um, you've got God over a barrel and he has to do what you ask. Now, let me say that um, I do think God's promises are very important. They are life to us. They're very important. Um, and, and we can use God's promises in prayer. It's, it's a powerful thing to pray God's promises. But God doesn't have to do anything that you tell him to do right? He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't have to do anything we tell him to do. God is not a cosmic vending machine that if we hit B5, you know, he has to give us a chocolate bar. He has to give us what we ask for. Um, God doesn't serve you. Um, you live and breathe at his pleasure. And to think anything else is dangerous and arrogant. God is not a legalist, right? Um, he's not waiting for you to get your prayer exactly right, to say exactly the right words. I'm not going to answer you until you say the word, right? Um, so God is not a legalist. <clears throat> Jesus said, and when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. God delights in providing for us. He delights in being there for us and being there with us. And he's not waiting, you know, withholding from you, waiting for you to say just the right words at just the right time. I've had many people say they feel awkward praying because they hear others pray and, and they seem to have all the right words and seem to pray so eloquently and fluently. Um, and, and so they're intimidated in prayer. Uh, but please don't ever let yourself be intimidated by this and to, to let that keep you from praying. You know what? The only way to learn to pray is by Praying is by actually doing it, by praying. Uh, we all start from the same place. We all start having to figure out, how do I talk to God? How do I do this? Um, 
And, and the reality is that sometimes childlike, simple prayers are, are the most uh, powerful kinds of prayers. You know, a simple cry, God, help, right? Or God, I need you. Or just God, right? Um, can be just a, a powerful declaration of our need for God in a situation. Um, and maybe the most eloquent thing you can say in prayer is, God, help me. Um, God wants you to pour out your heart to him uh, as messy and as real as it is. He wants you to feel at home with him. And to cry out to him. He doesn't need you to sugarcoat anything. He already knows. Myth number three. I can change people through prayer. Sometimes when we don't like the way someone is behaving. Or they aren't doing something we would like them to do. Or being what we what we want them to be or think they should be. Um, you know, we may try to control them by prayer by praying certain things and uh and and believe that god will you know change them to be what they we want them to be or or change uh that that they will you know just be a different person uh and this actually sounds more like witchcraft and voodoo dolls than it does like prayer um, prayer is not about controlling people it's never about controlling people when we intercede or pray for someone, we're not trying to make them do what we want or be what, what we want them to be. But we are praying that God's best purpose for their lives will come to pass. Um, for us to presume to know what that purpose is or what is best for someone, um, you know, is, is arrogant again. Um, and, uh, and it's a dangerous game to play. I, I can't change anyone. Um, but I need to entrust people to God and even God's goal, God's goal in people's lives is not to control anyone. That might be news to you, but God's goal is not to control your life. It's not to control anyone, but to invite them into a relationship with him where they find peace and life by walking with him. But control is not a kingdom value. It's not. Um, can people's lives and situations be changed by prayer? Absolutely they can, right? Otherwise, why would we bother praying? Yes, lives can be changed by prayer. But our prayers need to be emptied of selfish motives, selfish desires. They need to be emptied of our selfish cravings to control others, but also filled with faith that God loves that person more than you do and, uh, and knows what is best for them and that he answers prayer. Myth number four. <clears throat> Every prayer must end with 
In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus told his disciples that they were to pray by asking the Father in his name, right? I'm not suggesting it's a bad thing to end our prayers with those words, in the name of Jesus I pray, amen. But tagging that on as, uh, you know, kind of magic words to get our prayers answered is not what is meant by praying in Jesus' name. What he did mean is that, first of all, we need to pray with the same values and the same priorities of Jesus. We can't pray something in Jesus' name that is contrary to Jesus' heart, Um, something that Jesus wouldn't pray, right? And so that means we need to filter all of our requests uh, through the question, is this something Jesus would want for me? Or is this something Jesus would want for that person or for this situation? Is this, does this line up with the values and the teachings of Jesus? That's the first thing that it means to pray in Jesus' name. To pray, pray in Jesus' name also means to pray in, uh, in the relationship and authority that we have because of what Jesus has done for us. So we don't come to the Father on the weight of our minuscule influence, because really we, we don't have any influence in ourselves. God doesn't owe us anything. But we come to the Father on the weight, the, the heavy weight, the strong weight of Jesus' influence, of what Jesus has accomplished because of his death and resurrection. Because of all that Jesus has done for us, he has made us sons and daughters of the Most High. And because of Jesus, we therefore have influence with the Father. And so we pray on the merit of Jesus' life and of Jesus' relationship to the Father. And that that gives us, um, you know, the, the, the voice and the confidence to pray uh, in faith with the Father. Myth number five. Myth number five. This is the last one. Um, fasting is an ancient and unnecessary practice. Fasting. There are some things that, uh, that Jesus actually said can only be accomplished by prayer and fasting. He said this uh, particularly in, uh, I believe it's Mark chapter 9, when uh, Jesus and Peter, James, and John came down from what we call the Mount of Transfiguration, that, that hill they were up on when they had an encounter of the glory of God coming down on that mountain. And then Peter, of course, wanted to, to build a, you know, three tents um, and uh, for Jesus and, and Moses and Elijah and uh, that they would kind of camp out in this place of glory. And Jesus said, no, we need to go down in the valley. We need to go where the need is. We, it's, this isn't about camping out in a glory experience, but it's about carrying that with us. And, and so they go down, and, and as they go down, they, they encounter this boy who's demon-possessed, and the father's 
wanting him to get set free. And the other disciples had been trying to, to do that and not able to. And, and so Jesus just speaks a word and the boy's set free. And then the disciples afterwards are saying, why couldn't we do that? And Jesus says, These, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. And again, he didn't mean, uh, you know, just that you, that you, you fast for three hours and then, then you can do it. But, but a lifestyle, you know, that carries the authority that is marked by prayer and fasting is really what, what he was saying. Um, and uh, Jesus also um, was, uh, was asked why his disciples didn't fast like the Pharisees did and the disciples of John the Baptist did. And, uh, and Jesus' response to them was that, that while he was with them, they would not need to fast. But when he was no longer with them, they would. Um, so, so what do these things mean? And why, why is fasting um, not just completely unnecessary today? You know, why, why, is, it, why is it important? And uh, so I want to say that fasting is a, is a discipline and a tool that can help you tremendously in your spiritual journey. And these two instances that we referenced of Jesus mentioning fasting, I think, give us keys as to why fasting can be such an important tool. Um, he said that when he was gone, fasting would be important. And I, I think fasting is, is a key to the awareness of Jesus' presence. Now, of course, when Jesus was physically with his disciples, they didn't need to be aware of his presence because they were physically in his presence every day. They, they were very, very aware of his presence. But he said that when I, when I leave them, then they will fast. Then they will need to fast. And, uh, you know, I have found that when I spend time fasting, um, that there is a heightened awareness of Jesus' presence with me that I, that I become aware of. Um, when, when I take control of my physical hunger and cravings by fasting, um, I, I realize how much of my awareness is generally spent on me and my desires instead of on Jesus and his desires. And, uh, and so when I, when, I, when I take that away by, by setting food aside, you know, it takes it takes a frankly a couple days to 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 for those um, you know that attention of what am I going to eat? What, you know, when am I going to eat uh, to kind of be set aside? But then once that those things kind of pass, there there comes this uh, this awareness of the presence of Jesus that becomes much stronger, and uh, I find it very helpful. For me, and also there's a there's a sense of uh, in which authority flows from right spiritual authority flows from our level of surrender and connectedness to the Father, and so if we're fasting regularly, uh, it's not about a hunger strike, you know, getting getting 
what we want because we're throwing a fit and not eating or something. Um, and it's not a sense of earning brownie points with God, but it is a sense of a stronger sense of connection to the Father and awareness of his presence and authority in prayer and authority in doing the works of God flows from that place of connectedness. Um, it's not for God's sake that we fast. He doesn't need us to fast, but it's for our sake, for our uh, for us to be more directly connected in an undistracted way to God and to his presence. And that way we are more likely to know his heart, to pray in alignment with his purpose. Um, and uh, yeah, just to, to have that extra strength and authority in our prayer. I've mentioned uh, in... in uh, in a video I sent out this past week, that I will be fasting for the next 21 days starting today. And I'm not telling you that to brag. I'm not telling you that to, you know, to look important or anything. Um, in fact, I'm not fasting because I'm spiritual. I'm fasting because I'm not, right? I'm fasting because I know I need more of Jesus and of his spirit in me. And so if you'd like to join me in, uh, in some way, I would welcome you to do that. Um, fasting can take all kinds of forms. You can, you can fast certain foods, right? You know, fast meat and eat only vegetables. Or, or uh, you can fast, you know, all foods for a time and, uh, and have only liquids you can fast media. For some people, they can't fast food because of dietary restrictions and, and health restrictions. You can fast TV. You can fast music. You can fast something, something that you love and enjoy and just take a break from it, right? Um, it's sacrificing something so that you can focus on Jesus. Uh, you can fast one meal a day or all meals for a number of days. Um, you know, you, you can fast a week, three days, a week, uh, 21 days, whatever. There are all kinds of ways to fast, but I want to invite you, if you're interested, to be a part of that. Um, and uh, the point is to be intentional about setting your heart and your mind on Jesus and I would invite you, if you're, if you're going to participate with me in some way for a day, a couple days, a week, a couple weeks, whatever it is, if you're going to participate somehow with me, I would invite you to email me and let me know. Andrew Bauer at evangelbathurst.ca. Email me and let me know. I would love to, I, anyone who lets me know that they're going to go on that journey with me, I will pray for you daily during those 21 days. Um, so if you'd like to join me in that, uh, let me know. And, uh, and I'd love to, to do that with you. Folks, bottom line today is I don't want you to be intimidated by prayer or intimidated by growing in prayer. Prayer is talking to your heavenly father who loves you. If you view prayer as a chore, if you view, view prayer as a burden, uh, 
then maybe you view God as your taskmaster and you as his slave. But if, if we want to know, um, but if we know how much God loves us, that we're his children, and, and we know how much God loves us and wants the best for us, then prayer is a de- delightful place where we can unburden our hearts to the one who cares about us the most. It is a delightful place where we can, um, we can receive what we need from God, our source, for every situation. Let's lean into God this week, during this week of prayer. Let's lean into God as we pray for our families, for our church, for our city, for our nation. And and let me say, if you're hearing things from the Lord as you pray, if, if God is speaking to you some things about our church, about our city, if he's speaking things to you, we want to hear those. Um. If, if there are answers to prayer that you want to share with us, we want to hear those. You can send us prayer requests, answers to prayer, or prophetic words that you're hearing from the Lord. You can send those to prayer at evangelbathurst.ca. Get those into us. We want to hear them. And, uh, and we'd love to engage with you this week as we pray together. Let's do this journey together. Let's pray. Let's see God do something special and unique this week that sets us up for a a year of impact, a year of um, moving forward in the kingdom of God. I'm excited about what God wants to do in our church, in your family, in your life and uh, and I'm praying that God will move by his spirit and by his power. Let's pray together. God, I thank you. I thank you for every person that uh, is going to watch this message and hear these words today. God, I believe the enemy wants to intimidate every one of us away from prayer, away from effectiveness in ministry, away from effectiveness in in kingdom life and in relationship with the Father. And so, God, we just want to silence the lies that the enemy would put on us and, and throw at us today to intimidate us. And we want to declare, God, that um, that you are for us and not against us, that you are longing to meet with us in a place of prayer longing for us to pour out our hearts and unburden our hearts in your presence. I pray that you would come and meet with us today and in the days ahead, that God, you would do what only you can do. I pray blessing on each person, on each family for 2022, that God, you would lead us into greater freedom, greater effectiveness for your kingdom. God, I pray for our church, that God, that every barrier would be removed from us having effective and powerful ministry to turn our city upside down for the kingdom of God. And I pray that you would do what only you can do as we lift up our hearts to you in prayer this week. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you folks.